welcome to the Content Design Podcast. My name's Vanessa Barlow, I'm a content designer and strategist. In today's episode, I talked to Danny Chadburn. I was really interested in talking to Danny, who says he was once described by a manager as a maverick, because of his unique approach to content design. He often uses tools and automation to really speed up the content design process or to help gather evidence that will bring stakeholders on board. So enjoy the episode and I hope all his tools and hacks are useful to you. You've been in the world of content for a little while now, so could you just talk us through some of your kind of career highlights and how you got into content in the first place? So yeah, I started off very small local company um, in marketing and had a few kind of marketing jobs before uh, joining monster.com, um, which was kind of one of the early kind of uh, internet pioneers. Um, and yeah, started doing content for them and, and it was the kind of content where you were helping people. So, you know, you were helping people who were just come, uh, you know, onto the job market, trying to get their first job or people trying to change jobs, people retiring. You know, I found, I found it really interesting that you were creating something that you know, people could access. You weren't necessarily asking them for any money or to do anything in return. And yeah, that, that was the thing that really got me. Um, Moved on from there, went to a couple of agencies, very, very different world. Uh, you know, loved the lifestyle, hated the work. Um, before, you know, finally deciding that I, I didn't really like working for anybody else and decided to go and work for myself, um, which is, yeah, where I'm now, one-man band freelancing and currently working for uh, uh, the government. So I've done a couple of gigs recently, one at DIT on Brexit and now at DFE working in um, yeah remote education. Yeah, the fact you've just done some stuff for DIT and Department for Education. How has that obviously, one thing I'm quite interested in is working under lockdown and COVID and particularly how that's changing content. Um, have you seen a dramatic change in sort of the work you're having to do and the way you're approaching it or... Has it stayed relatively the same? You're just obviously working from home now. Uh, from a personal perspective, very similar. I think the big difference is um, how other people have found it. And, and obviously you're very used to being able to talk through issues and yeah, especially coming to the government, I, I found that's a big thing there. You know, people like to talk through their problems, you know, you know, almost to uh, you know, the extent where it becomes you know, too much talking but you know often when you're trying to explain you know, the reason why something should be published in the way it is you know content design principles to people who are trying to put across different arguments being able to you know look somebody in the eye explain your side of the the argument and kind of walk through things in a you know nice sensible manner is is really useful when you're dealing with that same thing that, you know, on the end of a comment on a Google Doc, it's, you know, it can be taken in a completely different way. You know, giving somebody feedback, you know, uh, or making an edit or, you know, playing around with somebody's copy, you know, if you're not able to explain why you've done something, it can be, you know, quite offensive. You know, it's quite personal when you've created something, you think it's right and you think it's ready to go. And then somebody comes along and kind of hacks at it. It's mm. um, yeah, it can be quite jarring. So I think that that's probably the biggest you know, remote change is people getting used to 
you know, things being done in a you know, collaborative online manner aren't necessarily mean or you know done in a kind of sadistic kind of way they're just done because that's the way we're used to working and would you say it's kind of lengthened the process at all like whereas previously you could have all got together in one place and kind of bashed it out any differences within 45 minutes are you finding that there's actually just naturally a lot more back and forth or almost trying to explain yourself over email and that kind of thing I, I don't know I think people are more inclined to to lengthen arguments when they're in person I think you kind of often whoever's got the loudest voice is the one who wins um, mm-hmm. you know, or is the most senior or is the most authoritative whereas I think online breaks down a lot of those band boundaries where a junior content designer has as much sway on a collaborative doc as you know the most senior special advisor you know when it actually gets through to getting something signed off it might be slightly different but I think there is a certain sense of kind of equilibrium when you're collaborating online yeah that's a really good point actually I hadn't really thought of it like that before and I guess there's additional transparency isn't there as well people can visually see who's commented what who's kind of feeding in what and and the kind of there's a bit of a chain of the argument compared to just sort of saying oh I chatted to so and say they said it's fine yeah yeah 100% um if you've overruled somebody it's 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 there for everybody to see and yeah I think people are slowly getting used to okay we've all got a kind of club together on this it's not going to get done if we're just forever nitpicking over everybody's um edits or you know changing things for the sake of changing them which i think is has always been an issue well over the last couple of years that i've seen in government it's very very rare that you give a document to somebody and they don't make a change of some <laughs> it's it's uh you can get things to 99 percent sign off and it stays at 99 percent for you know ever because people feel like they need to have their two cents in order to justify their place or, or, um, but I think, yeah, the the online way of working, the collaborative way gets things to that final point a little bit quicker. And it must be so essential as well, I guess, particularly with government work, because you can't really necessarily sit on it as much as people want to be careful and it's the government and therefore it has to be very authoritative often you have to move quickly with the content it's some legislation that's coming through it's a change to how somebody can apply for something or whatever Um, and often it's things that the audience actually needs to know about relatively quickly or I guess digital content is one of those areas where it can't stay at 99% because the public need to know this stuff and do you find that um like you're saying kind of digitals and the way of working with Google Docs and things has kind of sped that up. But do you find that it's also helped in terms of content design's kind of position within the government where you can actually say, we've got it this far, we're happy with it, it's got to go. You know, we have the authority, we're, we're the specialists in this area. Yeah, I don't think we're quite there yet in terms of having the ultimate authority. I don't think anyone in content design probably sits at that top level table a lot of government departments are you know policy led so the first thing that gets published is a heavy legalese or policy led thing that kind of sets out the statement that's gone through very very little content design you know it's as you say that that need to get something done and out and quick is 
okay, well, let's just publish this massive long-form version of what we've got, just so we've got something out. And then let's try and roll that back, roll that back into a customer-facing, easy, user-friendly version. The speed of what that happens, I guess, is totally down to what department you're working in and yeah, how loud that content design voice. Because you've got all the data there, you know, you know for damn sure whoever's accessing that awful long you know, legalese policy document is bouncing straight away. They're not going to any other pages. They're probably leaving the site more confused than when they came. So all the data is there telling you that this needs to happen and something needs to change and we need to do it now. But yeah, whether it does or not is is you know, totally in the lap of you know, whoever's running the project and what kind of sway they've got over other people. So that actually leads quite nicely onto um, an area of your kind of specialisms that I was keen to talk about, which is a lot of the kind of tools and automation that you employ in your work to help, I guess, yeah, on the one hand, kind of speed up processes that are maybe being done manually and unnecessarily, um, but also to help kind of gather proof and data to help influence those kind of com um, conversations that you were just describing and I guess improve the clout of content design within that conversation. So yeah, it'd be great to hear about if you have any particular examples or tools or anything that you've used that, yeah, that you found you had real kind of success stories with, because I think I would imagine our listeners um, would be quite interested in anything they can deploy that would either speed up what their teams are delivering or add weight um, to what they're saying, even if they already know it's right, <laughs> but more data <laughs> and more evidence to sort of support that. You can use data to make up anything you like. It's <laughs> how you sell, sell the story. Um, yeah, I think I got interested in this stuff because I'm probably quite inherently lazy myself. You know, I, I don't like doing repetitive tasks. I don't like you know, having to ask the same people for the same thing over and over again. But I guess kind of early efforts to do that usually led me down the road of trying to change other people's behavior to make myself, you know, to make my day a little bit easier. And that didn't always go down too well. It wasn't always that successful. So I kind of took a shift of trying to, you know, get my set of, you know, how I want to work, uh, whatever was most efficient for me. But then setting up kind of funnels into that depending on how other people prefer to work you know in the same way that some people are more you know attuned to kind of visual learning or you know um learning by example you know, there's you know, certain people are much more kind of email friendly or slack friendly or you know talking friendly um so what i've tried to do is set up uh, ways of working and a suite of tools that allows people to still communicate, you know, via email if that's how they want to. But to me, when it comes in, it comes in in a, you know, uh, maybe a, a kind of spreadsheet format. So if somebody wants to ask me something via email, I make sure it goes to a email that's synced up to drop a request into a spreadsheet, which then syncs to my Trello, for example. So um, there's a, a tool called Zapier, which is um, you know, very much my kind of go-to to do all this kind of stuff. It has you know, thousands upon thousands of webhooks where you can take you know, uh, uh, software A and software B and 
hook them up in some way like of your choosing it's just very 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 simple kind of if this then that mm -hmm. so for example somebody sends me an email and it you know, includes a certain phrase I can have that dropping into a you know, different area of my inbox it's all about trying to configure your kind of world of working that you know, makes it easy for you to kind of absorb the things that people are asking you to do and you know Zapier works with you know, every tool that you could possibly imagine so for example, when Trello tickets are marked as done, send an email to a Slack channel to say, we've done the ticket, hurrah, everyone, you know, have a bit. So, so that's what I've always tried to do is find the little kind of, you know, one percenters that can make people's days a little bit easier and more pleasant or more efficient. And if you add in, you know, tens of those, then you've suddenly, you know, made big swathes in, in terms of you know uh, what you can actually start to achieve yeah i think we we figured out there was something like seven different ways that people could ask us to to do something and all of those were coming in at different angles at different times to different inboxes so you know creating for the team a single snapshot of here are the things that we have to do and this is who's doing them mm -hmm. was really really useful and it allowed us to not necessarily change those eight ways but the second they came in they created you know, a ticket a task for us to, to take on and you know, because we'd applied some kind of structured data for those tasks you know it's coming from this department it came on this date it's this level of urgency we were able to you know, apply the right amount of resource and, and effort to it because you know, I think what, what, what we saw a lot was um, somebody would ask for you know, a link to be changed on, on a page, for example, and that was given exactly the same importance as somebody asking us to you know, say restructure a set of pages to make the user journey more friendly. And, because those two things were coming into the same team from different people without a, you know, a clear view of all the other things that everybody else was working on, they were just like attacked with the same pace. And I think, yeah, transparency across a content team when two different people are getting asked to do you know, different things, I think is, is really important. At the other end, we, we were able to hook up lots of... Um, uh, interactive dashboards and uh, live data alerts which you know, told us when certain things were happening um, both say you know, in the public so for example content that we had live would get a you know plus five percent spike um, we'd set up an alert so we were told when that happened and then we'd be able to dig into that you know was it because the press team had put a uh, an alert out without telling us um which linked to one of our pages and, and you know that was obviously giving us more visibility or was it because there was a news story that was breaking or was it because um our page was being linked to by the bbc or some something along that those lines and knowing that information immediately allows you to react to it in real time so especially when something like a press release goes out if they've god forbid linked to the wrong page and suddenly they're linking to a document that 
you know has out of date information there's no point knowing about it in three days time there's you know and mm. you're you're not always going to be privy to what's going to be put out because you know, often content is at the end of the conversation and kind of at, at the end of the line when it comes to hearing about stuff so if you can control your own destiny um you know and understand what's happening to your pages you can find out very very quickly why certain things are, are changing and then you know you can make the necessary edits or ask another team to do something that they they may not have considered so i think that that's really important um is yeah automating things that give you more knowledge and control over over what you've published after it's been published So thanks again to Danny for jumping on a Zoom call with me to chat about the different tools and dashboards that he likes to use to really improve the content process. And also I found it really interesting to hear about some of the challenges and the way that um, he's adapting delivering government content while we're all in lockdown and having to work remotely. As ever, if you're enjoying the podcast, please like and subscribe or even leave a review and that will help other people discover us. And if there's any kind of content topic you'd like us to really cover that we haven't in our previous series, then please do reach out to us on Twitter. You can find us at DigiContentPod. So hope you enjoyed the episode and until next time, goodbye. (laughs)